back. It's another week of the legendary Brass Monkeys. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good day. Wherever you may be, whatever time of day it is, you are privileged to be listening to another of our fantastic episodes of Brass Monkeys. <laughs> yes, this week on Brass Monkeys, it's a bit of a special. There's a lot going on here in the UK where Brass Monkeys Studio Complex is located, and a lot of it seems to revolve around our Prime Minister, the one, the only Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson. Bollards communing invisibly with lampposts. Uh, we detest him. We we have known him by a number of names. Probably on that list is c- uh, followed by dickhead, twat, shitface, dick for brains, cuddles. Do you want to add any any there? Bingo? Anymore? No, I think you've covered it quite well. I mean, you're the one who's got to bleep all this out, so we don't want to make it any worse for you, do we? He's a wanker and a c- and a complete shitface, and uh, we all hate the. C- but um, yeah, yeah bingo. Sorry. Spunk bubble. <laughs> <laughs> twant. That's another one. Twant. Ah, okay, so we've set the scene for this highly cerebral episode of Brass Monkeys. <laughs> what we want to do really this week is just to spend a little bit of time just examining some of the shit that is being deposited on Number 10's doorstep. Throw enough shit at the wall, the mirror, whatever, some of it is going to stick. And that appears to be what's happening. The question for this episode of Brass Monkeys is what are the allegations? Where and when are they from? And who is behind them. Well, yes, they've been calling him the Teflon Tory for a while, haven't they? Because nothing seems to stick to him. But it does seem, finally, thank God, that something has got through the defences. And just one thing before I get going on the backstory. Um, one other thing that he's got on his CV in the past was a fairly second-rate journalist. He was the editor of The Spectator for a while. Oh, and, and uh, let's not forget sacked from The Times for lying. Oh, yes, that's Making true. Making up yes. a quote. So he'd make a really good Prime Minister, really, He would, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? Yes. Yeah, and, yes. Foreign, and Foreign Secretary and MP. So uh, we've seen this week that the shit hasn't just gone away. It hasn't floated down the river as it has every other time where he's just blustered his way through and it seems to sate the masses who go, oh, isn't he wonderful? He's, a, he's such a clever bloke, isn't he? You can't go wrong with Boris. Well, you obviously <laughs> Seriously, can. can you can go very, very wrong, and I think a lot of people are possibly just at this point starting to get a bit of buyer's remorse. But yes, essentially, what's happened this week is that the the rumours about various sleazy dealings that the man has been behind, the main one being the furnishing of his flat at Downing Street. Now, what you possibly don't realise is that the Prime Minister doesn't actually live at Number 10 Downing Street. He lives above the next door shop, Number 11, which is the... It's the bigger, home... isn't it? Well, it is bigger. I mean, yeah. The whole thing is just one big block in there. There isn't really much subdivision. The buildings are fairly open. Uh, but essentially, he lives in the... Uh, in the Chancellor's house. And when he came to power a little while ago, he wanted a complete refresh of the decor. Apparently it was, to quote somebody inside, a bit too John Lewis for him. So we can't have um, proletarian taste like that for the man of the people, can we? So he uh, went on a bit of a spending spree. He and his latest, shall we say, his latest conquest, uh, Carrie. What's her surname? I've, I can't even remember. Carrie Simmons. And there's, there's stories about her being a nasty piece of work, which probably means that's birds well they're of a well feather. suited then aren't they Let's birds of a feather suited for each other exactly as you say there uh essentially he wanted the place decorated uh, didn't want to pay for it so the story goes and uh, started seeking 
uh, contributions from the Tory faithful. Now, there are various rules and regulations about what you can and can't get people to pay for when you're in power because there are therefore claims of people having influence over you. Well, I paid for the uh, the 58 grand's worth of decorations you wanted. New what the f*** are they doing with 58 grand? I could buy half of my house for that 20 years ago. I, God only knows. But was he having it done gilded with lilies, tears? I don't f***. Anyway, he's spent a lot of money having his new pad done up to impress his new bird, essentially, and to bring yet another child into. God knows how many that is. I've lost count. There are at least two parliamentary committees now looking into uh, what's going on, and they say that they have cause for concern. And I think that has got the man rattled, because anyone who saw Prime Minister's questions on Wednesday and saw Keir Starmer giving him his usual going over will have seen that Boris Johnson actually didn't cope very well with it. He wasn't able just to fling back the brickbats and sort of just bluster his way through he actually looked rattled and it he was sounded most... rattled it was lovely to see and ironically he turned quite a good shade of red what we see is is just a small amount of the sleaze that is underneath the surface that has not broken through and i don't know if anybody picked up on it and it's certainly not being covered that much in the mainstream media but um there was a veterans minister in our government a guy called uh, Johnny Mercer, who's an ex, an ex-soldier, and um, he basically quit, got sacked from the government um, over the course of the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure when exactly it happened, but he has really put the uh, put the boot into Number Ten as well by saying it's basically full of liars and cowards and people sucking up for their own interests. I mean, everywhere you look, there is a consistency of the stories that are breaking and they are all about a cabal of individuals who are in it for their own personal gain just copy and paste what i said last time <laughs> you know this is exactly what you're gonna get when you vote Tory. I don't understand Great Britain. I really don't. Someone, one of my very liberal friends earlier on sent me uh, a message. An acquaintance of ours is on Facebook uh, giving some sort of hard right-wing diatribe about, you know, oh, Boris is great and he's got COVID down and leave him alone, he's all right. Off. Okay, so Lord Brownlow allegedly has donated £58,000 of which £15,000 has been admitted so there's forty three thousand pounds kicking around somewhere that where the fuck's that gone who knows also i've got some questions i mean is the 58 grand the end of it because i don't think it is there's he must be doing other things with our cash absolutely spending it on his own little personal projects giving it to his mates giving tax breaks to james dyson totally agree and mm -hmm. while we're on the subject of this and, and sleaze, it just seems to have taken the heat totally off Matt Hancock giving contracts to his mates, doesn't it? <laughs> it? Government needs investigation from the very top to the very bottom. Boris Johnson now saying he will have the final say yeah. on whether or not an I investigation know, is, goes this ahead. Is brilliant, isn't it? How does this work? No, no, oh. it's all fine. Nothing, nothing to see here. Move along. No, no, it was all perfectly all right. All above board. Yeah, forty-three thousand. No, no, no. There was never any, any forty-three. Fake news. Fake news. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, moving on. By the way, if you hadn't already noticed, you're listening to Brass Monkeys. It's a Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson special this week. We're putting the boot into him because, well, quite frankly, he deserves it. <laughs> to quote Cuddles. 
Um, do you know, I've never used that word as much as I have in the last few weeks. You're a really bad influence on me. You know that, don't you? It's not me. It's the circumstances. Oh, like all right, to. then. OK. <laughs> but it's true. I, I mean, the truth will out eventually. And that's all we've got to hope is going to come and bite the present incumbents in the backside. But as I well. think, you know, this fact, this um, Sir Christopher Geit, who is going to do the investigation into... Um, whether Boris Johnson actually said these words about the the um, the, the bodies as well, I think oh, he's looking God, at, isn't yes. he? I don't know what to believe anymore. Somebody said the other day, the absolutely excellent Black Mirror series. Charlie I feel, Brooker. I mean, he, he wrote these episodes of a dystopian future. Do you know what? I really feel like we are in the middle of an episode of Black Mirror at the moment, don't you? Charlie Brooker, your work is done. <laughs> just looked up um, Johnny Mercer and the, the whole sordid tale and he does seem a very honourable man. I mean, served his country in the way that Johnson isn't serving his country and put his potentially his life on the line, which again Johnson hasn't done. The, oh, I had COVID while I was in power. The line, the, the quote from Johnny Mercer I think tells you everything you need to know is almost nobody tells the truth is what I've worked out over the last 36 hours. <laughs> believe the stories it is cummings who is behind these revelations he disappeared off from downing street clutching lots of boxes and lots of files and now i think we're finding out just what was inside all those boxes and files a lot of dirt on the former employer which is a good thing my enemy's enemy is now my friend and if he's revealing all this shit about johnson then so much the better but behind him allegedly follow me on this one is a man that we all know and love and have commented on many, many times before on this podcast, none other than the Right Honourable <laughs> Michael Gove, MP. He is being suspiciously quiet throughout all of this, and as we all know, there is no love loss between him and Johnson, and this would be the perfect opportunity for him to leap in and go, what we need is some stability, some honour, some dignity, and I'm your man, ready and willing to step into the shoes of the big fat twat in number it's 10. It's perfectly true that I have had some drugs. I would be willing to put, not inconsiderable sums of money on the fact that within the year, we're going to have Pob in power. This yep. is straight out of the playbook from Nazi Germany. This is, you literally, it's 1933 again. I've been reading a book, my fellow monkeys will know this, because uh, I've been sharing some bits of it, but reading a brilliant book, it's a huge tomb of a book, about the rise and fall of the Third Reich, and it was written by uh, an American who was living in Germany um, in the 1930s and was there for the trials at the end of the Second World War when the Nazis were rightly brought to justice and many of them uh, were executed for their war crimes. But this book paints in incredible detail based on information that, that was, was found subsequently by the Allies, documentation that really paints an extraordinary picture of what was happening in Germany in the 1930s as Hitler, through a series of unfortunate events, luck and sheer bravado and bullshit, managed to take power. And, and it's, it's a frightening read because, as Bingo has just said, the echoes of those events are being played out once again right here in the UK. And, and I am genuinely, genuinely fearful for the future of 
our country and what it means for the right of free speech. There's a reason why we're just monkeys and not known by our real names. And I think increasingly I will be remaining <laughs> as a monkey. I might even start going out in disguise when I go out the front door just to maintain it. But no, it is, as you say, Bingo, it's, it's, it's absolutely frightening how similar our circumstances seem to be. And everybody, of course, said that it could never, ever happen again. And why is it happening? That's my question to you. Because history has a very short memory. And I, I'm, do you know what? I'm not saying that we're going to see the horrors that we saw in Nazi Germany um, by any means at all. And, and that, was, that was sort of... And I think my, my point about history being forgotten... Um, there was a protest in London uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, no more COVID, no masks. They were, they were protesting on Oxford Street. You probably saw this in the news, uh, heckling people who were wearing masks. And one woman uh, was wearing a, a Star of David um, and saying, you know, this government's taking away my freedoms. And, and while I um, fully think this government is a pile of shit, um, I think we have to be you know, particularly mindful of... We're not we're not there, and we're not heading down this road of um, you know racial oppression perhaps in, in the UK. But it could very very easily and very very quickly happen. And I think you're right, Clyde. That is the terrifying part because I don't think anybody in 1933 thought that um, these these nutcates, anti-Semitic assholes would do nearly anything what they said. I mean, we know the Tory party, we know UKIP, they're against anyone who's not white British, white fair man, and I. Um, so what the f*** does that mean for everyone else? It's terrifying. It's, it's a very worrying time, and I think you've both hit the nail on the head. One thing that I have been slightly lifted by, though, with relation to this, is you may or may not be aware that uh, in line with our former masters, our former master, the, uh, the chimp in chief on the other side of the, uh, of the pond, as, as he used to be, he's now no longer there. He used to be able to rely upon a very uh, supportive media, in particular Fox News, and that was very much his mouthpiece, or asshole, They're interchangeable where he's concerned, <laughs> I think. Uh, we were very much set to be following... You are fake news. ...in the, uh, in the shoes of America by having a overtly right-wing partisan news channel, GB News. It was being set up by none other than the man, the ultimate puppeteer, uh, Rupert Murdoch, and it had a lot of money behind it, and it was all set to launch, and it was going to be on Freeview, so it wasn't just going to be a case of anyone with Sky, who, let's face it, probably is <laughs> most of the target audience. But basically, this channel was all set to launch. It had Andrew Neil at the at the head of it. It had a yep, lot of yep. conquests from the BBC, not least yep. Simon McCoy, a man for whom I used to have a lot of time, but yeah, unless he yeah, was... I'm afraid. I'm afraid... He well, lost my respect. <laughs> well, I can only hope that he was going in there because they did talk at some point. Uh, there was talk of trying to get a bit of balance so that they wouldn't scare off the, the snowflake. As it has turned out just this week, it appears that GB News is not going to be launching in this massive great fanfare of plastering themselves over everybody's television screen because they've realised there's not enough money in it. And I think that tells you everything you need to know they've invested all this money only to find out hang on a minute no one's going to watch this shit so what they're going to do is uh focus more on social media which in in one way 
is a bit of a relief on the other it's not because we know how viral that can get how quickly things get picked up and uh, obviously on social media unless somebody steps in as they had to with an intervention on wouldn't the, that be embarrassing old man who used to run america and take him off your social media platforms um that is unregulated and anyone can consume that there is no context there's no rules and regulations unless the person at the top decides hang on enough's enough so you know perhaps this is a clever little game card at least i won't have to uh, block that channel on my epg so, hang for on. Now, can anyway. i just can i just ask you though cuddle so what what are you saying so the the alleged launch which was going to be six and a half thousand hours of television a year yep is none of that happening well, so far as I can gather, it's been delayed, if nothing else. It's, I'm just I'm... looking at the list of people that they... I mean, here we go. So Sky News journalist Colin Brazier. Yep. I, I love this one. Michelle Dubery. Oh, um, God. She won The Apprentice in 2006. She stood as an independent pro-Brexit candidate uh, in her hometown of Hull. Um, she she was going to anchor a weekday evening primetime show. Writer and comedian Andrew Doyle was going to host a weekly show called Free Speech Nation. What does that sound like, eh? Hey, who else have we got? Telegraph col columnist and Channel 4 News economics correspondent Liam Halligan was joining to do its economics. Fair enough, that economics is economics, isn't it? Tom Harwood from the Guido Forks blog. Um, he was going to be political correspondent... Uh, Kirsty Gallagher from Sky Sports. She was going to be part of their breakfast team. Uh, Simon McCoy, as we've already mentioned. Oh, another Brexit MP, Alex Phillips, who's contributed to The Telegraph and has also got a show on Talk Radio. He was going to do um, an afternoon show. Alistair Stewart. Mm, well, there you go. <laughs> Alistair Stewart. True to form. Hope he's not driving to it. <laughs> I was just going to say, police camera action. Oh. <laughs> yes. Mm. yes. Uh, oh, God. Dan Wooten. Oh. Well, you know, you've got the brains of Britain there lining up to tell us the news. But fortunately, it does seem. And again, ironically, I'm just reading this from the Spectator's website. Uh, it says the company's chief executive, Rebecca Brooks, has today emailed all... Oh, I... Bloody man beater as well. We're married. She's an awful hateful she is, sack of she's shit. She's a psycho bitch. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Nasty piece of work. It's not commercially viable to launch a linear news channel. Instead, the company is looking at on-demand products. So we can be grateful for the fact, as I say, that they won't be getting beamed into our house using the airwaves. Unfortunately, it does mean that you'll have to be a bit more selective when you're online and get your blockers on. Yeah, we'll have to uh, develop a little app, a Brass Monkeys app, to block shit like GB News. <laughs> exactly just detects bullshit thing is you'd never see anything would you no no sorry there is no news there is nothing uh, just a little bit of homework we did allude to this a little bit earlier on um james dyson a man i cannot abide a complete hypocrite uh, a self-serving egomaniac so yes perfect fodder for the Tory part of donors list he is alleged to have been uh, trying to solicit favours from Boris Johnson not that sort not keep, not that sort oh. keep your dinner down basically he wanted some tax breaks because he's hived off most of his companies overseas in order to avoid things like Brexit that he was a big proponent of and also shock to... horror you're not telling me cuddles that Dyson products are not made in the UK no. surely funnily I enough they were no. made in Wilt 
No, no, no. Soon after getting the Queen's Award for Export, he sacked all those people and moved it all to Singapore and Poland, I seem to remember. But he wanted to come back and make these super-duper ventilators for all the people that were going to get ill. And as it turned out, he couldn't do that because of his tax status. And uh, one text message to Johnson later, Oh, don't worry, we'll, all, we'll sort all that out. I won't go any further with that. Do a bit of reading up. But again, <laughs> alleged to be behind the revelations there, none other than the man from Barnard Castle. So let's let's do a quick vacuum cleaner survey at this point. Um, what make of vacuum cleaners do you have in your house there, Cuddles? Mila. Quality. Bingo. Vacuum cleaners. Uh, vats. Ooh. Mm. Doesn't work. And, you, and you, Clyde? Uh, um, oh, it's time you got rid of it then. Stick it I, on I, eBay. I, 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 I have got do. one of those. <laughs> uh, but I've also got Shark. I did have a G-Tech. The reason I mentioned G-Tech is because, uh, again, a British company very much in the same realm as Dyson, you know, very innovative products, etc. I have it on good authority that GTEC also approached the government with a view to developing ventilator products for them. And they were told, oh, it's all right, we're covered. And on that bombshell, with apologies to Jeremy Clarkson, good night! <laughs> And before him, he ripped that off Alan Partridge. Kommen Sie bitte und listen to craft work. So Boris Johnson's personal mobile number is 07831 609 That's 07831 609 We've got tickets to the next Tory party conference, the Lucky Line 13. Call now. I feel like we should call it if Steve uh, Pink could do the it. What's number? Give me the number. 07831 609. And if lines are busy, call later. But do call. <laughs> I think he may have had a change of number all of a sudden, don't you? Please try later or send a text. I'll send him a text. Yeah. <laughs> Just send... Just send him the message, changed your number yet? <laughs> I think you might need a burner phone.